Hi, everyone, today, and welcome to the Overtime Leader podcast. I'm your host, Jillian Davis, founder of Overtime Leader and author of First Time Leader. Today, I'm really excited to be chatting to Mir McGrew, founder of Soply. Soply is an amazing company, and I'm excited to hear Mir's story and to have the opportunity to share that with you guys today. So, Mir, why don't you just get right in and tell us, you know, how did you get to this space? So first, Jillian, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be talking with you here today. It was so great to meet you in person uh, in New York City, and I'm excited to say that you are one of our customers, a supplier. Hopefully, you are happily supplied. Um, (laughs) As a bit of background, I decided to start supply when I was living and working in Africa. I decided to start it after I realized one stark fact um, and saw the reality of preventable child mortality firsthand, I learned that there is a global handwashing problem. It's a problem that most people don't think of. In fact, most of us wash our hands without giving it a second thought. We don't think of soap as a luxury, but soap and a basic facility to wash our hands is still a luxury that's out of reach in many corners of the world. Today, 1.4 million children under the age of five continue to die every single year because of diseases we could prevent through the simple act of hand washing. And it's not sexy, it's dysentery disease, it's respiratory disease, but it is real. And I started Supply to help improve and save lives. I started Supply with the simple idea that we could create better soap the best soap money could buy, and we could use the sale of that product to help fund water sanitation and hygiene initiatives around the world that would get soap in the hands that need it and ultimately improve and save lives. Amazing. And how's it going? It's a whirlwind. Um, Today, (laughs) you're catching us on a day where we're launching an exciting new partnership. Um, We're excited to be expanding. We're in households across the U.S. We're in the homes of Hollywood celebrities. We're in farm-to-table restaurants, in high-end hotels, in co-working spaces, in gyms. And we're proud to say that we're expanding every day. So all this to say, it is a hustle. It is exciting. And the work is piling up. So it's good that we're mission driven. It gives purpose behind everything that we do. I was going to pull that out because I think there is something really special about being a mission driven company, Um, not only because of the impact that you're noticeably having on the world, but also what that does for your company culture. Can you talk a little bit about what that's been like? Yeah, I think When it comes to our customers, when it comes to our team, the global impact of what we're doing is central to everything that we do. So, uh, you know, when an individual buys supply and they wash with it, they're helping us improve and save lives. And when I sit with my little team and, you know, this was this morning we're going through and we're tweaking the site because we're relaunching um, our our website as we move the the back end over to a new platform. And I'd say, you know, when it comes to us sitting around a table and uh, laboring over the smallest change of a word or um, sentence structure, it really is this belief that what we're doing is so important 
Um, it's important not only at the individual level, but at the global scale. And it means that we are all willing to sit around a table and scrutinize over some of these things, some of these details that really otherwise I think um, maybe would go overlooked. Um, but when it comes to what we're doing and the impact we're having, I think that, you know, at an individual level and on, at a team level, it is so core to what we're doing. It's something that we're reminding ourselves of daily. I personally have an image of one of the communities that uh, we're funding water sanitation and hygiene in uh, next to my bed at home. I wake up to it in the morning. I go to sleep next to it at night. And it is a reminder of why I do what I do. And when I'm working 14 hours a day or 16 hours a day to make sure that we launch something or that a partner is happy, um, it's kind of what rebalances me, brings me back to what's important. Mm, very like key if, when you're starting any business, I think, to have that like anchor even more impactful if you are, you know, having that positive impact on another individual or community uh, to, to yeah, keep, keep you grounded in a way, I guess, as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, you know, the other thing that's been so exciting is to see how the impact aspect of supply influences me on a daily basis, but also, you know, others involved in our community, whether it's uh, someone on the team and how, how it resonates with them, uh, mm -hmm. or when it comes to a customer and hearing kind of what resonates with them. Because for me, it's so personal. You know, this was me going into a community, getting to know these kids, seeing them fall ill and seeing children lose their lives. So for mm -hmm. me, there is this mission that is so rooted in everything that I do. It's so personal that I am, you know, a woman on a mission. I will stop at nothing and I'm unwilling to compromise. Um, and there is the realization that, you know, it is my company. This is something that is personal to me. But what's unique about supply, what gets me really excited is that I realize that, you know what, I'm unique. Not everyone has this much fiery passion for hand washing. Um, and the reality is, is that we're inundated with causes and problems and issues every day, all day. And when it comes to getting, you know, even my closest friends, my family and my peers to care about something like hand washing, it was really important to me to not stand in front of people and say, hey, I need you to give money. I need you to reach into your pockets and give what you can. It became a question in my mind, how do we build a business that's sustainable? How do we create a business that offers a better product that people actually need? You know, everyone needs soap. How do we obsess over it so that we ensure that the environmental impact that we're having is a positive one? You know, that, that means looking at the ingredients we're sourcing, sourcing them responsibly, looking at the packaging that we're using, making sure that, you know, we're not adding to the plastic problem. Mm -hmm. And then looking and saying, okay, how do we actually make sure that we're creating a measurable positive impact globally? And to me, the thing that's exciting about supply is we're offering conscious consumers, you know, consumers that care about their own health, that care about what they're putting on their body, in their body, uh, a better product. And when it comes to a consumer that's really environmentally focused and cares about, you know, plastic in our oceans or deforestation, we're offering them an alternative that's actually better for the environment. And then when it comes to our global impact saying, it's not enough to think we're doing better 
we need to actually do better. And that meant for supply that we, we came up with a theory of change and we pinpointed the social problem before we ever took a single sale. Um, so we developed kind of what that long-term impact was going to look like over nine and a half months. And, you know, whoever is in the space of water sanitation and hygiene, we're aware of, we want to be building off of the work of others. We want to be taking a comprehensive approach and we want to make sure that in one year, in five years, in 20 years, we look back and we say the impact we had on the ground globally was a positive one. We empowered individuals. Um, we offered a hand up, not a handout. Love that. And do you, I think this conscious consumerism is something that is definitely growing as people become more aware and want to, um, you know, think about the footprint that they're leaving behind and be more responsible. Do you, do you think that this is a, a movement that's going to become a new normal over time or is it, what's your views on what you're seeing in terms of the market? I think it's upon us. <laughs> um, <laughs> We all, and I think, you know, I, I pause for a second because I want to say this in a way that makes sense. Uh, it's something I've been thinking a lot about. You know, we've all seen these images of birds that are dead on shorelines with their stomachs full of plastic. And we've all heard the celebrities telling us to stop sucking, you know, and these anti-plastic straw campaigns and these uh, social movements telling us to stop using single-use plastic bags. We know there's a plastic problem. The question is, where do we turn? You know, consumers want to do the right thing. I'm of the belief that people are good, <laughs> um, but you need an alternative. And when it comes to how supply is packaged, you know, that was something specifically talking about plastics, that was something we were really focused on. Um, supply is based in New York City, we're based in the US, and in the US, nearly 90% of American households have liquid soap next to their sink. Mm -hmm. And almost every single one of those bottles is plastic. That adds up, right? A single bottle next to your kitchen sink doesn't sound like a lot. A single bottle next to your kitchen sink, your bathroom sink, and your guest bathroom sink refilled or repurchased every month. Every year you look at that, then you look, that's just a single household. Now add every restaurant you go to, your company where you work every day. Um, the impact is just enormous. And how do we start offering people alternatives that they actively want? People want to do the right thing. I'd say that's, that's what's happening. And I think that conscious consumerism is happening in an exciting way because finally consumers that do care are being offered options that are better. Um, whereas before we were being confronted with the problem without an alternative. And will more and more kind of mainstream brands make that shift as well to, to offer more uh, positively, uh, sorry, products that positively impact uh, our environment? Yeah, so this is unique. So I'm, I'm talking about the environment a lot because we're actually launching a partnership today that's really focused on uh, taking the next step in reducing waste, uh, even for supply, a company that's been so committed to looking at that uh, specifically from day one. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're actually launching a, 
alongside some of the giants, um, Procter and Gamble, Unilever, and we're going to the World Economic Forum tonight, and we'll be uh, entering into a closed loop beta that basically allows our customers um, to purchase supply, to have it delivered directly to their door, to use it, um, to join us, make every wash count alongside us with you know the the every ounce of our soap is connected to a global donation. So the impact stays the same. And mm -hmm. then once that consumer finishes uh, the soap in the bottle, they alert the system and that's, that bottle is picked up. It is brought back to a facility where it's washed and then it's refilled before it's uh, re-delivered back to the consumer. And this is a model that really is a milkman model, a model that we saw uh, being pretty pretty popular, you know, in the 1950s, uh, before, before plastics really took off. And so this is us saying, how do we start taking additional steps? We're already 90% of the way there. We want to go even further. So the exciting thing in this partnership is that we have some of these giant companies that everyone recognizes coming to the table with us and saying, oh yeah, you're right you've already been doing this and we know we need to too. Um, so the hope is that these kind of beta uh, launches actually go somewhere and that we see consumers responding and the fact that we already have some, some different companies coming to the table, some bigger, some smaller, uh, it's important. In this case, you know, supply is definitely the startup that's, that's at the <laughs> table. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think for sure this is exciting. And when it comes to the global impact, I think this is where some of the bigger companies are missing it, um, missing the point. And I think for supply, it's just ingrained in who we are and what we are. We are a company that was started to say, you know, we want to change the world. Where do we start? And the answer to me was simple. You start with a product that literally everyone needs. You start with a product that, you know, no matter what gender you are, no matter what race you are, no matter how old you are, where you live in the world, you need it. Your health depends on it. And soap is one of those things. Like food is one, water is one, and your hygiene is one. Mm -hmm. And if we can get back to the basics and say, hey, we all need this, there's a connection that happens there. And that connection, you know, should and is there in everything that we do. Like it or not, you know, the soap that we put next to our sink that goes on our hands and that goes down our drain, it has an impact. And that impact is on our own health. It's on the environment and it's on people around the world. And supply really does look at things in a comprehensive way. And any decision we make is made thinking of those three points. You know, how do we make this better for an individual's health? How do we make this better for the environment? And how do we ensure that we're empowering others as we do it? And so I think that this is where we're going. I think consumers are starting to demand it. It's why supply is growing, I think, is these, these small details matter. They add up. So what I'm excited to see is this kind of continued growth in the environmentally aware aspect, but then also this globally aware uh, consumer that says, you know, it's not enough for us to just be doing better by ourselves. Of course, as I as an individual depend on the environment. And of course, I'm sitting across from another individual who also depends on these things. We're connected. I think it's such an inspiring story of, you know, 
recognizing a required change, um, going all out and finding a solution and now being up there with the big massive behemoth ships that are starting to see that they, I think have to change. And it, it's a shame that it's always forced, but at least it's happening. Right. And it's these kinds of micro movements that really force that shift. Um, and I think it's just, it's great. I mean, I, I remember listening to your story uh, when we met and being like, so blown away by all the soap knowledge. I had never, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I put a lot of consideration into like what I, you know, what I choose to put into my home, but uh, there was some fact you gave me about public soap that really like I had never, it had never crossed my mind to think about the quality of the soap that I'm putting on my hands in like a public restroom or, and I was like, what? How did? How is this not everyone like common knowledge? How are we not talking about soap? We talk about all these other things, and yeah, yeah, this this liquid that we put on willingly put on. Well, we've been taught we have to, right? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're taught how to wash our hands properly, but we're never taught like think about the soap. Right. So yeah, I think that to me, kind of getting back to why I started Supply, the initial idea for Supply really was. Um, based on this mission, you know, sell soap that gets soap in the hands that need it. And the expansion of who we are and what we are really came only after I got back to the U.S. And I started to realize the lack of label requirements um, and ingredient disclosure in personal care items and specifically, you know, soap. I'm someone who grew up with eczema and soap is actually one of the things that irritated my skin. In addition, when we were formulating, my mom had just gone through chemo. And when she was going through chemo, one of the things that caused her to have irritation was the soap that was next to many sinks, public restrooms and, you know, even family friends. And the reason that that was happening is because most soaps are detergents. They're labeled as soaps, but they strip the skin. They're extremely harsh. They're full of chemicals. And for my mom, what was happening is she had been washing these products, you know, her entire life and had never seen a problem. Maybe she had slight irritation, an itch, a small red spot. She didn't think anything of it. But suddenly her immune system was down. She's going through chemo. Her skin is really sensitive. And what was once just a slight red, you know, spot turned into a full rash. Um, she even had small ulcers at one point. And when we were looking for an alternative, we, I actually went to the, the store and for the first time I turned over the soap bottles I was picking up and looked at what was in it. And part of the time I couldn't even find an answer. The other half of the time, right, I'm turning it over and I, I have no idea what these ingredients mean. I can hardly even, um, read them. And I'm someone who worked in a lab <laughs> for a few years. So, um, for me, it became a question of if this is a product that we're using every single day, shouldn't it be a product that everyone can use? And then going a step further in this process, I just started obsessing over what is in the soap we've been using. Is it safe for people if my mom's having this reaction? If I, as someone with sensitive skin with eczema, is having a reaction, we can't be the only ones. And what I found out was pretty alarming. 
um, at that point, 2,100 soap products on store shelves in the U.S. in you know, in grocery stores, um, and shops that were selling all natural products, even, um, 2,100 soap products contained ingredients that either were acting as a known carcinogen or as a known endocrine disruptor. And to me, you know, again, this is a product that we use every single day that we're telling our families to use, you know, how many times did your mom tell you to wash your hands? Um, and here's this product that we're lathering up directly on our skin, which, by the way, is our largest organ. And up to 60% of what we're putting on our skin can be absorbed directly into our bloodstream. So the fact that there are ingredients that come with questionable health or safety concerns was definitely a concern for me. And it was this point where I said, you know, I'm going to the farmer's market. I'm buying heirloom tomatoes. I'm buying, you know, organic milk or foregoing milk altogether and opting for nut milk. And here I am putting something directly on my skin every day, multiple times a day, um, without even realizing what was in it. Yeah, I know. I, I was so like, whoa, like (laughs) I had the same kind of thing. Like I'm so aware of all these other things in my life, food, water. And I'd never once thought to really think about soap, which I use multiple times a day. Yeah, that was kind of this beginning phases of, okay, how do we create a better product? How do we create the best soap? Because if we create the best soap in doing that, we'll actually get consumers, right, to, to switch. And when consumers buy in, that's when we improve and save lives around the world. And mm-hmm. so that's when I started saying, okay, how do we do it? How do we make sure that every ingredient that we use is purposeful how do we ensure that it, you know, moisturizes your skin, keeps it healthy, but also is effective? It actually cleans it. How do we look at the environmental impact, ensure that what's going down the drain um, doesn't have a negative impact, and that how it's packaged um, isn't harming the environment? I just love how, like, the step of, okay, we need to make a product. Let's make the best soap out there. How do you go about making soap? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a great question. So um, for those of you who've seen Fight Club um, <laughs> or took uh, high school chemistry, you might remember that soap is a product that you create by combining fatty acids um, and lye. So those fatty acids can come in the form of plant-based oils, which is the case with supply. Or if you've seen Fight Club, you'll know that you know they use human fat. <laughs> and then you combine it with an alkaline lye. And through that process, right, when you combine those two things, uh, a chemical reaction takes place. It's called saponification. And at the end of that process, you're left with soap. And supply is a true soap. Um, So that is how this is crafted. We're using plant-based organic oils, combining them with lye, and we're producing soap. We're using organic olive oil, coconut oil, jojoba oil, rosemary extract, which acts as a natural preservative, um, aloe and gorgum. And for us, um, the idea of how do we create better soap um, was really a question of where where do you start, like you said. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did not start with the formula we have now. (laughs) I uh, started by making soap, uh, made bar soap, 
with soap makers in New York City, uh, headed out to Colorado, made bar soap with soap makers in Colorado. I traveled around the world and met with soap makers. Uh, today, we've, I've traveled and met with soap makers in Tripoli. I've met with soap makers in France, throughout Africa. I met with soap makers here in the US, in California, in Colorado, in New York, and in Vermont. Our soap makers are in Vermont today. Mm -hmm. um, our soap makers have been making soap for over 20 years, and it truly is a craft. Their expertise and their experience add value to our product, and we're really proud to be working with these artisans um, that really do touch our, our product. You know, our product is something that is crafted with human hands, is used by human hands, and that support human hands. Amazing. And, and what, what's your you know, grand vision, if you could, you know, wave a magic wand and, you know, everything was different. What would the world look like to you? Yeah. So I think being a social enterprise, which I should mention, supply is a social enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I, I'd say that I look at this in, from two perspectives. Uh, there's the, the side of me, <laughs> the, the founder, the CEO that wants supply next to every sink. Um, everyone needs soap. Anytime that there is liquid soap next to a sink, I want it to be supply. Mm -hmm. And that kind of trickles into the global um, hope for supply, which is as soon as we have conscious consumers joining us and making every wash count, we see you know, this domino effect happen that all of the ingredients that are being used are being sourced responsibly, that all of the packaging is being thought of in a more comprehensive way, um, that we're not just looking at it as a single use, but how do we refill, reuse, and reduce waste? Um, and then our, on the global impact front, how do we ultimately as a community, you know, talking about individual consumers, partners, how do we as a community reduce uh, unnecessary deaths and save lives. And to me, when we've won, you know, as a, as a company, it's when we've created a global benchmark for hand washing. We've shown that together our community is reducing diarrheal disease and respiratory disease, and we, we are saving lives. We have saved lives. Um, and at the individual level, consumer level, looking and saying we're improving uh, the health of individual consumers as well. We're keeping people healthy um, and not just our consumers, but any consumer or individual that they interact with. Um, when you wash your hands, you stay healthy. When you stay healthy, uh, you have an opportunity to learn. You have an opportunity to work. You have an opportunity to do what you want to do. And we think everyone deserves that, that chance. It's amazing. And so you're, you have this amazing partnership coming up. What's next? What's after that? What comes next for you guys? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I love talking about soap. Um, the next big thing for supply is we are, you're the first to know, we're launching refills. And this is an obvious next step for us. Um, we're saying we want to take this further. Supply is bottled and recycled glass bottles. We always have been. We print our labels directly on our bottle. They're silk screened. Uh, we're reducing packaging and waste everywhere we can. And we're committing. We're saying that we want to go a step further. And that means at the individual consumer level, how do we make it as convenient as possible for uh, an individual to reuse? 
these products. And so we're launching this refill program, which we're really excited about. Oh, amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear that, how that goes. Um, I have a personal story to share. Uh, so we met, we met really randomly in, um, what was it? Credo, the natural beauty. Credo store. beauty. Yeah. Credo beauty, the largest, um, non-toxic beauty marketplace in the U S now. Oh, they're, they're amazing. And we I love them. <laughs> I was coming in, I was visiting New York. I was coming in to buy this like bomb that saves my skin from bad air. Anyways, that's not relevant. Um, but I was coming in to buy this product and I couldn't find it. And I, Mira was standing there and I thought she worked there. So I, yeah, well, actually, I think you said, can I help you? And I was like, I'm through this bomb. And she's like, I don't actually work here. <laughs> but let me tell you about um, my soap. And I just stood there for like an amazing amount of time, just <laughs> this beautiful story. And I really started looking at soap very differently afterwards. But what turned me into a customer was um, you shared the story about your mom and going through chemo and how not realizing that that treatment can really, I mean, it, it makes sense when you think about it, but how it challenges the skin and the skin becomes very sensitive. And my um, cousin is going through chemo for breast cancer. And I, you know, I mm. was like, I must buy, like, these are things that, you know, there's so many unknowns going into that kind of treatment that if anyone around you can, you know, provide things that will, soften that experience, the better. Um, and I wanted to share with you, she sent me uh, a letter last week and was so thankful for the soap and her skin is feeling very good. So Aww. thank you so much um, for, you know, all the work that you're doing. And there's no doubt that it has kind of at home impact, but also globally. And I, I do believe that it's these small movements that create the macro in those larger organizations. And then, you know, that's where we get that real change. So I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, that made you. my day. Thank <laughs> you. And tell her we're rooting for her and thinking of her. And I can't tell you how much those, those notes mean. Uh, we have a few individuals that have written in and it really does make all the difference in the world. Oh uh, yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. Um, so I will, she's doing very well. So thank you. Good. Well, Mira, I don't want to take up any more of your time, even though I have a thousand questions to go. Um, but maybe we do a part two once you guys have done all these partnerships and, you know, launched uh, refills. Yes. It's fantastic. Yeah, if, if people are interested, we love having new customers. We're available online and we do ship internationally, but sadly we do still have shipping added on if it's outside of the U.S. But you can find us at www dot supply s-o-a-p-p-l-y box.com and we're also available at credo beauty west elm and uh here in new york at hugh jackman's laughing man and feed store amazing well i'm gonna pick up another bottle when i'm in new york next month <laughs> so thank you and um i will link um i'll link the website in the notes and um yeah. Thank you so much, Mira, for sharing your story with us today on the Overtime Podcast. Thank you so much. And hopefully we at least give someone something to think about next time they're washing their hands. Absolutely. I have no doubt of that. Have a good one.